It's time for a legendary introduction. Welcome to Unpacking the Box. I really think nobody does it better. Join the conversation as we cover everything from life and relationships. All a woman wants is a choice. Inspiring interviews. That just hit me. Wow. And everything in between. Just keeping it real. We keeping it all the way real. Whoa. Now let's start unpacking. This is Linnea, your host. Today, I'm here with Wendy Hilliard, a trailblazer, y'all, in the world of gymnastics. And y'all know how much I love gymnastics. She is a champion for women's sports as the first Black woman and gymnast to become the president of the Women's Sports Foundation. Wendy has paved the way for diversity and inclusion in the industry. She was also the first African-American rhythmic gymnast to compete as a member of the U.S. national team. Wendy's passion for gymnastics and dedication to making a positive impact is truly, truly inspiring. And I am so honored to have her on the show today. Wendy, welcome. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Yes. I, first of all, I love, love, love gymnastics. It's like my favorite <laughs> sport to watch. Since I was like a little girl, I loved it. I wanted to do it, but my mother was like, no. My mother wouldn't allow me to join gymnastics because she was like, you, you might get an injury. She was like one of those mothers. Like, she didn't want me to do that. <laughs> so I had to do other stuff, but I, I, I still, to this day, I love watching it. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. It means a lot. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Sorry you weren't able to take it when you were young. I know. I could have been in the Olympics. I tell her all the time. I could have been in the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So let's jump right in. So as the first Black woman and gymnast to become the president of the Women's Sports Foundation, which which is amazing, can you share some of the challenges you face and the impact you've made, like, during your tenure? Well, it was interesting. I mean, it was, it's such an honor. And the Women's Sports Foundation is clear and dear to my heart. And the time when I was president, there was, and there always is, but there was a lot going on uh, with Title IX. And me being from gymnastics was kind of sensitive because at the time it was right when a lot of women's sports, team sports were flourishing, like right before the WNBA, right when it started and women's softball. And then it was just a lot of, team sports and Title IX was under fire a lot or mm-hmm. women's soccer was amazing it was just kind of taking off then but it was a big fight so I had to spend a lot of my time arguing that you know women had the right to compete and had right to uh, equal options now we're at the point now where you know athletes can make money off of their name image and likeness which I am so important that 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 will happen I'm very proud mm-hmm. but during the time it was very tough and then also the, during the time of many people looked at so many in women's sports were taking off the sports, but it was basketball was doing great, but it was like soccer and women's rowing in college. It wasn't enough uh, really on the black athletes, right? Mm-hmm. So we had, it was like double struggle, double struggle. 
right? It was women's sports rights, and then you had black women's sports rights. Mm -hmm. So it was always an extra layer of things. And I will say, um, two of my mentors, Tina Sloan Green and Alpha Alexander, both founders of the Black Women's Sports Foundation, kind of took me under their wing because they really understood the landscape of the NC2A and all of the trials and tribulations. So I had a lot of great supporters, but it was a challenge, but I learned and I am very proud of the work that I did at that time. Yes, you, you're out here doing a lot. You're just making a big impact on so many people and just changing changing that world, the, the, the way the things were in that world. So that's amazing. So I know that you also have a nonprofit organization, the Wendy Hilliard Gymnastics Foundation. Y'all, she's just out here doing the thing, okay? <laughs> and that has provided free gymnastics for almost 25,000 urban youth in the NYC uh, area since 1996. That is awesome. That is inspiring. So how has that initiative helped empower and transform the lives of these young individuals? You know, it's like kind of like you said in 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 this uh, situation. So you know, since Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles and Jordan Charles, Tiffany Thomas, all of these little girls are seeing these fabulous black gymnasts, right? And they want to take gymnastics, but it's not always available. It's you know, I make a point. Besides being in Harlem, I'm also in Detroit, which is my hometown. And what I wanted to do is make gymnastics accessible to people because as many beautiful, wonderful, amazing black gymnasts that there are now, and Simone is totally leading the way. The hard mm -hmm. to go, she's amazing. Uh, the grassroots of gymnastics is not that diverse and it's still very, very expensive. So what my mission was is to make it accessible to kids in urban areas so they could walk from school or they could walk from their apartment or home to gymnastics and make it a little bit easier. But I, I vowed to have great gymnastics. So what mm -hmm. we do is we have really fabulous coaches and the kids in their part of my program. The key is if you get introduced to gymnastics, we'll take you as far as you can go. We have two athletes going to world championships in tumbling and double mini and this um, in November. We've sent kids to the national team, um, national championships a lot. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's been hard, but what the impact is, is that we really give kids the tools that gymnastics, gymnastics is a great sport, it's also very disciplined. Like if you do good in gymnastics, you'll do good in a lot because mm -hmm. you have to have discipline and resilience and fortitude. It's just a lot to do gymnastics well. And if you do that one, you're, you'll be successful in other things in your life. I love that because there's so many kids that want to do things, but they just don't have the resources. They don't have the tools. And so that's a big help. That's a big help. I love that. And then also helping, you know, the people that came after you. You have paved the way for so many gymnasts that are here now. I, I literally like when I when I first got into my love of watching gymnasts, um, it was back. It was like in the 90s when my mother brought home like this VHS tape. And that's when I started bugging her to try to, <laughs> to try to let me get into it. She brought me home this VHS tape of um, it was the um, the night. It was I forget it was 95 or 96, but it was with Dominique Dawes and the Magnificent mm -hmm. Seven. And I remember yep. watching them and I literally was obsessed with gymnastics ever since I saw them. And so then I, I'm a researcher. I love the research stuff and watch videos on YouTube. And then I saw your video and learned about rhythmic gymnasts. I was like, oh, this is a whole nother world. So that's kind of, you know, it's, that's why you're so important. It's such a staple in that world. You know, because you, you really, you really did open up the door. And so I, I just wanted to tell you that. And I'm just so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. 
You're welcome. So being recognized with the rings of gold from the U.S. Olympic Committee, it's like a, a, a huge honor, okay? So could you tell us more about your work in helping children develop their Olympic dreams and the impact um, that it has had on their lives? You know, there's a thing called Olympism. Um, and it's basically making sure that you do your best at sport and art and school. So education is kind of a triage of things. And I've always believed in that. You know, I coach an Olympian. What I feel about that is that the kids that are in my program, mm -hmm. they do their best. So first, we have to teach them a good work ethic. That's just important. Like I said before, you have to be able to work. Gymnastics is not easy. You have to do it a certain way and it has to look a certain way. It's like a lot to make it good. So there's that part. But also even when we do our camps, so we do a summer camp and this year we took the kids, we went to a Broadway show, mm -hmm. really exciting because they always get on me because we're going to museums. They're like, you know, Wendy, why can't we go here? And I was like, no, you gotta get some culture. Yeah, we gotta go to the museum, we gotta go to Broadway. <laughs> and they always go and have a good time, but right. there's that part of it, right? And then it's just the education part that you have to use the skills that you use in gymnastics, the discipline to kind of stick at it and do it over and over again to do well in school. So if you kind of, um, the thing that's really great about our programs, especially our teen kids, our advanced kids are with us like, you know, three, four days a week for like, seriously, four, five, six years at mm -hmm. minimum. So we really get a chance to connect with them and to support them, but also to give them an example of giving back to the community. I mean, you're part of the community. I did this for the community. You're in the community. So when you leave the community, you better be giving back to the community. <laughs> it's like, it, this is right. a circle kind of thing. And so <laughs> that only comes about when you really spend time and invest in the kids. And it's, it's a lot of joy to me because some of the kids, you know, we took our kid to, you know, his first international trip last year. Mm -hmm. last, yeah, last year in Bulgaria. And this year is going to England and uh, we sent his dad to go with him just because I wanted his father to see his son at the world championships, right? It was like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of blowing their mind that my top kids travel all the time and they go here and there and giving them the access to be in the world. It's really important as black athletes mm -hmm. and this is black people. You got to be able to handle yourself in New York and Wherever. in Minneapolis and <laughs> yep. in Paris and you know what I'm saying you've got to be able to do it worldwide and I think when you have a world view it really helps you be a better citizen that's what we're yeah. talking about I love that that is so neat just exposing to exposing them to every single thing and I think that's a great thing and you're right yes we gotta we gotta be able to adapt that's the beauty of mm -hmm. us okay we can adapt <laughs> anywhere yes mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that so let's move into you as a TV commentator. You are you are just out here doing so many great things. Now, I know that you are a TV commentator for various sports and gymnastic events, including the Olympic Games, which is so exciting. So what has your most memorable experience or moment been while in that role? Well, that is so interesting. And I have to really think about that. It's always very exciting when you go to these top events. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've gone to a lot of Olympic Games and broadcasting for the Olympic Games is really great. So this is interesting. Well, I would say uh, way back in uh, the Olympic Games in 92, um, Trent Demas uh, was surprising in winning a gold medal in the um, horizontal bar in, in men's gymnastics. And mm -hmm. it was kind of a surprise to everybody. It really was a surprise. 
he hit his triple and everyone's like, whoa, I need one to go. And so, and so he came to me right after and I had performed with Trent. He knew who I was. I was with a gymnast and I just got to interview him right then and there. And it was like so exciting because you knew who it was. It was one of these groundbreaking things in gymnastics because believe me, it was a mm -hmm. long shot. He was like kind of laughed and he hit and all of us were like, wow, he did it. Um, you know, you don't, you know, the United team, the unified team was there at that time, the former Soviet Union. So he had some really good competition. So it's, <laughs> it's moments like that when you can break news, um, give the information to the audience. But it's, it's, it's really quite a joy when you can see something happening new and exciting right at one time. Yes, I can imagine. It's it's such an intense sport too. Like, and then when you when someone does make going or when they hit that landing, it's like, oh my god, yes! I I literally jump up and down. I love it so much. I love it. I be telling my friends, my friends that don't watch gymnastics, I'm like, it is so exciting. You just don't, like it's an adrenaline rush just watching it. So I can only imagine what it's like for the person that's actually doing the flipping and the moves and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so exciting though. Yes. So having had the opportunity to perform on television shows, tour with top gymnasts, and even on Broadway, so how has performing in these different mediums enhanced your connection to gymnastics and then influenced your advocacy work? Wow, that's a really good question. That's a good question. Well, I was able to do all these things because of gymnastics, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been performing for years and years, and I must say, so I'm originally from Detroit, and my coach, Zina Marinov, she was from former Soviet Union, actually from Kiev, so, uh, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And so she always had uh, a really, she, performance gymnastics was in her. We always did performances. We just, we did a lot of performance gymnastics. It was the funniest thing, we're all in Detroit, and she had all this Soviet thing, and all the little girls in the Black Detroit Recreation Department had these, like, Afro puffs with big old ribbons on them, like uh -huh. the Russians did. But it was like... So she was, so I grew up like that. I, I grew up um, in knowing the importance of performing gymnastics. And then because rhythmic gymnastics was a new event, uh, when I came up, we had to do a lot of performing to educate people about it. But mm -hmm. then when I got, it's really funny. When I started performing, which is, which is actually the most fun thing, I have to say, performing gymnastics is great because you work, work so hard. When you compete, you get one chance and then you do it and you blow it and you got you know, judges judging you. When you perform gymnastics, you're able to use all those skills and you practice all those hours and hours ago. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in a group, which is always not, you know, you always get to do that one. It was funny when I went to Broadway and we were doing the opening night. So I'm getting nervous, right? It's like the opening night. And all the mm -hmm. other dancers and singers were like, oh, we can't wait. We need the energy of the audience to get us going. I was like, oh, this is different. I'm used to being nervous before right. a performance or a competition and they're like bring them on right so <laughs> it was like okay but i learned a lot i actually it made me a much better competitor when mm -hmm. i come back after performing uh i was very consistent i had a very outgoing style of gymnastics so the two came together and the, how it helps the advocacy work is really just giving the kids the opportunity because when you perform gymnastics becoming a Top gymnast as an as a competitor is very important because it gives you the discipline. You have to be driven. You have to be disciplined. You have to be good. You just have to. When you can show that in performance, then you get to express yourself, mm -hmm. and that is very important as a performer. Just for anybody, I mean, for the kids that we serve, because we perform all the time. All of us perform. 
But mm-hmm. the kids' personalities always come out, and it's the most joyful thing because they get to show off in a way, right? But it's discipline. Right. But they they have to learn this. They have to know how to show off their stuff. It's one thing in competition, but it's another thing when you perform. And the performance aspect, why that's so important in the advocacy work is that children and everyone needs a place to express themselves. You mm-hmm. just need to be able to tell what your story is and whatever medium you use and the medium that we use is gymnastics. I love that because it's like it seems like gymnastics is really sets the tone to be able to be in any realm. And so I love that. Yes. Okay. So with your extensive experience and like all your endeavors in gymnastics and your involvement with like various organizations, what advice would you give to young athletes aspiring to succeed in sports or, um, you know, in, you know, which way can they make like a positive impact in their communities? What would you tell them? It's really important to give back. I mean, and, and, and they have to understand that giving back isn't giving away something. You're really giving something, mm-hmm. right? So for you to become a great athlete, there are people that had to help you. Your family, your coaches, your, your community. I mean, nobody gets there by themselves. You don't just all of a sudden turn into a great athlete by yourself. There was some people around there. So you have to give back in a way because... That's just how the world works. I mean, that's how we keep lifting each other up. If people in our past didn't reach back down and help us out after we got our talent and do anything, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? What you sit up there and watch TV or play games? I mean, (laughs) seriously, if you've spent all this time becoming a great athlete, then you share it with people. It just, it warms your heart. And it also, it shows what your purpose is, right? Because athletic can be very short career. It's a, you know, it's not mm-hmm. one of the things that you keep doing into your 60s and 70s. It's something that pretty much finishes if you're in your 20s, sometimes right. in your 30s. I mean, it's, it's not for the elderly. So the thing is, is that you have to have uh, what's going to be next. What's going to be next. And so you want to use your skills. I mean, they're just so few. And they're, they're out there, but it's very few people that have a long career as an athlete that sustains themselves. So you have to think of it in stages, just how everyone does in life. But I would say that athletes get involved, get on committees, learn to fight for yourself. Because let me tell you, this world we're living in, we're going mm-hmm. through some changes up in here, and we're mm-hmm. going to need some warriors. Yeah. So you have to learn how to fight and take care of business because we need you. You are right. You are right. Yes, I agree with that. You know what? I live by that. By that, in all my creative endeavors, I believe in helping people. I believe in pulling people up. I feel like because I was, you know, we all have to start. We all have to start, and and sometimes we don't start with the knowledge that we need, with the tools we need, with the resources we need. And once we get there, we, you know, we could think like, hey, this person wants to do this, and they might be in the same position that I was in, and maybe they don't have the information. So I'm I'm willing to help anyone at any time. So I love that giving back. I love it. I love that. So you're also a fellow podcaster. Yes. I love it. I am. Y'all, she has a podcast called Champion Sports Moms. Okay, so amazing. Tell us about that. You know, it's so interesting. So my sister for years, my sister was very big in Mary Kay. And so she was really about uplifting women. And she kept telling me, I mean, four years. Because everybody would come to me. You know, my kid's doing sports. My son's playing football. My daughter's doing, you know, softball, la, 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 la. How do you do this? And I kind of knew because I had been an athlete. I coached an athlete. I was a mom of an athlete. And so finally, my social media director, Pam Jumdar, I just, I, so much was going on. I finally said, let's do this. 
And the fortunate thing is, is because I've been in the women's sports world a long time, I had a lot of my friends are sports moms that had athletes that, you know, would became champions, right? So mm-hmm. I just really, I as a start, it was really people that I know. Um, you know, Kim Hampton and I, because our kids actually grew up around the same age, right? Went to each other's birthday parties and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden her daughter went to college, which is not an easy thing to do, but Kim knows how, knew how to navigate that, right? Mm-hmm. And so being able to give that information and another one of my friends, uh, Michelle DeSerfero, who was on the Olympic team in women's gymnastics, and we were on a lot of committees together and I knew that her daughter was born with spina bifida because I was around when she was pregnant and then had the baby. And I saw Michelle's fight on getting first like disabled playgrounds to make sure something was for her daughter was there for her daughter, and then her daughter became a, a champion wheelchair basketball athlete. Mm-hmm. And navigating that was a huge thing, right? That's when coming in, being an athlete, and being able to have resolve comes in really handy because you know you never know the the, the pro- where your child is going to go and how you're going to have to support them. And mm-hmm. and so it's just all the different stories of talking to different moms. Um, and it's been really fun because the one thing we do know how to do is uh, we were champion athletes, so we do have a little bit more information to share about raising champion athletes. And the most important message I always hear from all of my friends, they say, listen to your child and mm-hmm. also let it be their sport. Let it be about them. And those are the things that we learn. So it's, it's really nice because we have athletes from different sports and their, their their children aren't necessarily from their same sport, but it's it's fun. It's fun to uh, talk with them. Yes, and I'm sure moms appreciate that parents. So that's that I know it's super helpful. I love that. Mm-hmm. My mother probably needed to listen to that podcast back then <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like I yeah. will never let her forget about it ever. Like uh, all the time, I tell her all the time, I would never let you forget. Okay, every time we watch TV, watch the Olympics. See, that could have been your daughter. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of information. That's what podcasts are for. It's giving a little it. bit of deep dive in information and whatever we can do to help, we try to do. <laughs> yes, I love it. So when you're not working, how are you pouring into yourself and practicing self-care? Because you're out here helping so many people. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't see that one coming. Was, did you see that? No. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, that's really interesting. The one thing I will say is that I really enjoy my work. I really do. You know, it's it, I, I do enjoy my work. It definitely has its challenges. That's where the gymnastics comes in handy because there are definitely enough challenges. But it's a joyful work. I enjoy the, what I do. But then also on the other side, what I do, I still like working out. I'm a big yoga fan. Now I'm studying fierce grace yoga. So, I'm, I, you know, I can't get rid of that. Uh, training mode, so I take yoga four or five times a week, mm-hmm. um, very seriously, which is self care to me because I like to do it and it's a good workout. I also, you know, when I vacation, so interesting. Um, I do now. My son is an elite athlete, so I get to travel with him, and it's it's not easy though. I must say, it's very difficult to mm-hmm. watch your son compete on the international level, even though I did it, and it's kind of hilarious because we are both our first world championships as a senior are both in England. I competed in London, England. He's competed in Birmingham. We were both 18 for our first, you know, senior world championship. So we get to share a lot, which is very fun. But you get to travel. I was in Portugal. And, uh, I do like traveling when I can. And then self-care is really, you know, I, I do a lot, you know, relaxing and watching stories and doing mm-hmm. a little bit of reading. But I, I think my biggest self-care is taking care of myself physically. I enjoy that too. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm glad. Yeah, because you out here, you're doing so many things. We gotta, we gotta take care of ourselves so we can pour into others. I love that. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Wendy, I enjoy talking to you. Oh, it's been it's been really a pleasure. It's been really fun, and I, I feel for your mom, but that's okay. Give her give her a break because you it, well, here's what she gets, here's what she's gonna tell you. She's like, I would have put you in gymnastics. You would have been doing all the fabulous things you're doing now. Oh, you know what? You are right. You're right. I'm gonna <laughs> a little bit. I'll scale back a little bit off of her. Just a little. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, just a little bit. Right. Yes. Thank you so much. So before you leave, though, tell the people like where they can keep up with you, where they can listen to your podcast, you know, all that good stuff. That's great. Well, yeah, they can keep up. You know, we have a website, wendyhilliard.org, uh, on Instagram where we post everything that we're doing. And the podcasts are, of course, on, on, you know, Apple and Spotify. Um, and go to our website and our YouTube. So we're kind of all over social media, Wendy Hilliard Gymnastics Foundation or Wendy Hilliard Gymnastics usually pops up. So we do like to share what we do and, and think about supporting it. The thing is, is that the kids, as much as I love gymnastics and I love the off-grid, it's still very expensive. And to make sure that these kids do what they can... Um, it's really great if people support their efforts. So we're always willing to take a donation or contribution. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I'll make sure that I include everything in the show notes so that you guys can connect. Please make sure you follow Wendy. Make sure you check out her foundation. Check out her podcast, Champion Sports Moms. She's amazing. I am super, super excited that I got a chance to talk to her. Now, before you go, though, this is Unpack Your Box. And there's something I love to do with every guest at the end of every show. And it's a segment I like to call Unpack Your Box. And that's when you just get a minute to leave us with whatever words compel you. They could be, you know, advice, you know, gems. You want to get something on your chest, you want to vent, whatever it is, you have the mic. Wow, that's that's new but I would say this much is that especially during this time let's all be kind to each other let's all you know embrace what everybody brings to the table and also be be positive just just support your communities but it all starts at home so family and friends and then co-workers or whoever you deal with or just the person that you run into in the street let's all be nice we all need a little kindness up in here Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I love it. Get into it, y'all. All right, Wendy. Thank you so, so much. It's been a pleasure. All right, y'all. We out. Not only is Linnea an amazing podcaster, she is also an independent entrepreneur. Check out her many creative endeavors, such as her women's magazine, Unpacking Her Magazine, which highlights women in business and in all creative areas. In addition, she has an online store, Unpacking Hoodies and Tees, that entails words that will be sure to uplift you. She is a self-published author of two books, and counting that can be found on Amazon. You can visit and learn more about Linnea's projects by clicking on the link in the show's notes or visit Linnea's Instagram page at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast and click on the link in the bio.